everybody welcome back to another edition of the untitled jeff gluck podcast i am your host jeff gluck and today it's a how i got here version of the podcast with lauren edwards of ren digital now if you're not familiar with lauren uh that's because she's tried to keep herself behind the scenes through the years in her various roles but she's recently started her own digital and social media agency where she helps clients like Jimmy Johnson and Steve Letarte with their social strategy. You also may be familiar with her husband, who is John Edwards, the longtime PR man for Jeff Gordon. So maybe if you're a 24 fan, you're familiar with him. You followed his updates at the track. But Lauren, obviously having a ton of success in her own right. So I sat down recently to talk with her about how she got to where she is today. All right, everybody, I'm here with Lauren Edwards from Ren Digital. You are the founder and CEO. It sounds very prestigious. Yes, it sounds very prestigious. I don't know that I should have all those titles in my life, but, <laughs> but I do. <laughs> well, that's, that's very cool. So can you explain, um, just for people that don't know or, or starting out, um, what you do and what Ren Digital does? Yeah, so Ren Digital, um, I founded in 2017, the beginning of 2017, and it is a social and digital consulting agency. Um, so I work with a lot of athletes and especially drivers in our sport and media personalities in our sport. Um, and then I have a couple other small clients um, that are more business and brand focused, but um, we really focus on kind of the athletes and personalities. And um, so Jimmy Johnson is among your clients, and yes. So Jimmy, uh, Jimmy is uh, was my first client. Um, mm-hmm. So I originally worked with Jimmy for five years, um, working with him, helping him with his social and digital, and then kind of stepped out on my own, and he signed on as a client. Um, Steve Letarte is another client, um, which has been so much fun, and it's a very different side of things, um, kind of getting into the broadcast side of things as opposed to a driver, um, and then. Um, I have a couple other uh, people that I'm kind of just starting to work with this year, which is really exciting and new, and I'm very thrilled. Um, and then, like I said, I have a couple. Uh, I've actually randomly kind of gotten into wineries and distilleries, kind of the, the alcohol side of things, which is very different, and the laws are crazy. Wow. And there's nothing like sports, but it's been really fun. So let's talk about how you got to this point. Um, all I, I mean, I think I became aware of you when you were working with Miss Sprint Cup and doing things like that. But so I had to spy on your LinkedIn, uh, so I wouldn't be totally unprepared. But so um, you went to William and Mary. So was racing ever on the radar for you? No. So I went to William and Mary uh, because I wanted to do international economic development. Wow. Um, yeah, that's I wanted, different than this. <laughs> you probably couldn't get more different um, of a career path. So I went there to study international relations and economics as a double major. So I went. I took both those majors. I was feeling great. Um, and I decided, so we had been friends um, with the Mattioli family for years um, since I was a child. And did you grew up in Pennsylvania? We, I did. I grew up right outside of Philadelphia. Okay. Um, so Brandon and Dowski's mom, Louie, um, lived not far from where we lived and my okay. parents were friends with her. So, um, so yeah, so I've been really close with 
that whole family for years. And so when I was in college, um, I went up to do a marketing internship with them just because I felt like that would look better on a resume than being a lifeguard or a waitress or something like that that, you know, all my friends were doing. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go do this and, you know, at least just check the box, get some marketing experience. And um, I fell in love with it. I was like, this is amazing. Like, I love it. It's fun. It's exciting. I'm good at it. And so my junior year, I went back to William & Mary and added a marketing degree so that I could get into sports. So that internship sort of, some people I think might go to the internship based on the path they want to follow. You do this internship thinking it might help your resume and then being inspired by that sort of led you down a completely different road. 100%. Wow. Um, That was not at all. My entire high school career, beginning of college career was 100% focused on government, international politics, economics, kind of that route. Um, And I'm still passionate about that and I love it. And my friends will tease me because I read these really nerdy books about (laughs) about world politics and economies. Um, But for me, just working in it, just being there in the summer and kind of experiencing what the sport was like, I just knew, I was like, okay, no, I have a passion for this and I want to do it. Wow. So what happened next? What was your next step? So my next step, when I graduated college, um, started applying for jobs and um, there was a position at Octagon that was available. Um, It was actually on the DLP account back in the day when DLP um, was on the uh, 96 car. And so I took that position. Hall of Fame racing. Yes. Hall of Fame racing. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. That was a, that was a really, really fun account and it was crazy to come into the sport um and kind of be with with a team with a car um kind of be with a sponsor and so I did that for six months and then that team went away um stopped racing and so I moved over to the sprint account um and when I was first on the sprint account I was doing more uh customer relation or customer experience kind of things with sprint um and sprint customers at track and then literally they sent out an email pretty much company-wide to everyone at Octagon and they were like does anyone have experience in social media? Like we, Miss Sprint Cup needs to be on social media. And and um, what year was this? That would have been 2000, like end of 2008, beginning of 2009. Wow, so pretty early on in the Twitter days. Very, very early on. Um, and that's kind of why they sent the email. There were a lot of people. There were a lot of very smart, amazing people at Octagon. They're just not a lot of people knew a lot about social media. Um, I mean, Facebook really only started in 2003, 2004, like kind of gaining traction. And so I basically was like, well, I've been stalking people on Facebook for years. (laughs) I got this. Um, So kind of fell into it that way and started doing a lot of the social side of things with Miss Sprint Cup um, and just loved it and enjoyed it and had, a, you know, it was just kind of my niche that I fell into. Wow. So you, it's not like you had a bunch of, Twitter experience because nobody did, really. Yeah. So you were sort of learning on the go. 100% learning on the go. I mean, it was a lot of on-the-job training. And as as new platforms would come out, it was kind of this race, which we, we have a little bit now, but I feel like it was way more of back in 2008, 2009, 2010 of, oh, my God, is this going to be the next big app? Is this going to be the next big social media platform? And um, so there was a lot of a lot of research in the beginning days of, of what made sense and how things should be. I remember the very first time Miss Sprinkup ever tagged someone in a tweet using the at symbol. And it was like this big to do with our clients. And we had to have this big meeting about it. Um, and now, I mean, it's just commonplace. That's what you do. Right. But I distinctly remember the first time we did it. Um, we tagged Juan Pablo Montoya. And he had done something, said something in the media. And we tagged it just kind of a, a cute little like, oh, hey. And it turned into this huge thing of like, oh, can we do this? Is that allowed? Wow. So, yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. So being on the ground floor of it, um, 
you're you're right because when you know we all look back now and say okay well Facebook's big Twitter's big Instagram but you didn't know I mean I remember when Google Plus came along and things like that people were like oh this is going to be huge and that yeah. was a total flop so um, I guess how did you is it all trial and error that you sort of taught yourself all these all these methods with all these various platforms? Um, so I think one of the things that kind of helps me is I I do love learning so I'm constantly reading and um, kind of researching and just listening to what people are talking about. Um, for, for me, I mostly look at the data. So, you know, we did dabble in Google Plus when I worked for Jimmy. We had done some things with Google Plus. And while it was a really great platform, it really was awesome, we didn't see the same numbers that we saw everywhere else, even though worldwide they had a lot of a lot of people on there. So I think for me, I'm just a big, um, a big numbers person. I joke, John Lewinston's going to kill me. So John Lewinston works with, um, works with Jimmy, kind of manages all, everything day to day, Johnson related. And when I first started working with Jimmy, John told me, he was like, yeah, we can just get off Facebook. Facebook is dead. We don't need it. Like we can just get rid of it. And I was like, no, that's a terrible idea. Facebook is not dead. Yeah. And oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I was just, I, it's funny because you just don't know. Like, it seems like the trends are going a certain way. We were used to, like, MySpace dying or things like that. Yes. And against all odds, some of these have stuck around, you know? Totally. Well, and that's, for me, you know, I look at each platform differently. So I, I look at Facebook and I see, you know, Facebook is such a strong click-through platform. Um, so, you know, it, regardless of where your face, where your kind of followers fall across almost all my clients click through tends to be higher on Facebook than anywhere else. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, it's, it, it is still primarily mobile based, but a lot more people use Facebook on desktop than Twitter or Instagram. So you're more likely to click through on a desktop than you are a mobile phone. Um, and especially it's changed a little bit since Apple has created the ability to go back to the app that you were on when they didn't have that ability. We saw significantly less click through from Mm. any mobile based things. So again, I'm getting nerdy on you. Um, but that for me, I'm a big numbers person. I'm constantly looking at the data to see what's working and then where our strategy needs to go. That's fascinating. So when you're with Miss Sprint cup and you're working on that stuff, um, why uh, Why did you feel like trying to work for Jimmy was the next step for you? Um, so Jimmy was looking for someone. Um, he got a lot of pressure to kind of get on social media and kind of go on and, and realized very quickly that it was – it was going to need a, a full effort um, between that and, and building his own website and things like that. Um, and while I loved Octagon and I loved the Miss Spring Cup program, I just felt like I needed the next step to do something different, to take something more on. Um, and I liked the idea of working directly with an athlete. Um, with Miss Sprint Cup, she was more of a spokesperson for Sprint, and it was more kind of brand-related. Uh, I liked the idea of building someone's personal brand and still working with partners through them. Um, so that's that's really what a lot of my job with Jimmy was, was kind of working with him on, on the personal brand side of things and opening up these platforms to him and coming up with cool ways to utilize them. And then on the flip side, working with all of our partners and everyone that, you know, related to the car, his personal sponsors, those kind of things, and making sure that everyone is super happy and sees the investment that, you know, the return on the investment that they're getting from him. So how much of the lessons that you were learning um, doing the Miss Sprint Cup stuff applied to the Jimmy stuff? I mean, were you you having to reteach yourself different methods or different ways of conveying social messages, or did a lot of it transfer over? Um. 
that's an interesting question. I don't know that I've ever thought about that. Um, the biggest thing I think for me, so at the end of the day, to some extent, the platforms are the same. I mean, there's a certain way you craft an Instagram post, a Twitter post, a Facebook, you know, that doesn't really change. I think for me, the big thing and where I've really kind of found my niche in, in the NASCAR world with Ren Digital is it's very different when you're not the one posting. So, you know, a lot of people are running team accounts or brand accounts or things like that within our sport, and they, they are the voice of the brand. They're just sending the message that they want. For me, I'm not the one sending the messages. It's someone else, and I'm trying to help guide them and say, hey, here's, you know, I noticed you're not posting a lot of this. We need to see more of this on your channels and things like that. Um, so it's more kind of, it, it's just a different kind of conversation that you're having as opposed to just picking up your phone and being like, okay, I know I need to send this today. Right. Yeah, that's really fascinating. Um, so at some point, you get to the point where you want to start your own thing. Mm-hmm. So that had to be a big leap. Um, having started my own thing myself, I know that that's very scary. What was the process like to go out on your own? Um, was there a lot of thought or did you, was it a, a clear vision to you that you wanted to do it? How did that evolve? Um, God, really, it was it was a lot of conversation. Jimmy was the one that encouraged me to do it. Um, he uh, he called me from a gondola in Aspen one day and he was like, hey, I'm on the gondola. And I really think that this is the direction that you need to go in life. Um, and, you know, I, we had talked about it with Jimmy a little bit before. Um, Jimmy definitely saw the value and what what I could bring to working with individuals. And he had had me work with some of his friends, um, just kind of helping them with their social media uh, throughout the years that I had been with him. And then um, we just kind of came to this point that we were like, okay, this is this can work. This can really be something. Um, I was completely terrified. I am I'm very much a behind the scenes person. Like I, I kind of love my job because I am not out there. Um, and so the hardest thing for me was kind of, realizing that in order to be very successful in this business, I have to do a little bit of promotion and kind of put myself out there because I, I am my business. Um, so that, that's been the hardest part of it, I think, which is crazy. But for me, that was definitely the hardest part. Um, but yeah, I think having Jimmy's support is, I mean, there's no, no way I could even explain how much that means, knowing that he has the faith in me that I can do it. I'm like, okay, well then yes, of course I can. <laughs> So it's not like uh, you were saying, okay, well, I've I've sort of built this business and I've got Jimmy as a client, so I'm just going to, sorry, Jimmy, like you're breaking it to him and you're going to leave and if he wants to keep the business with you, he's going to have to do this. It's more like it was him saying, you're doing a great job. I have faith in you. I, I believe you can deliver for other people aside from just me. Go do this. That's that's quite a phone call to receive. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a conversation. Um that kind of started with me saying, okay, you know, I, at the time I was 29, I guess. Um, and I was kind of at that point where I was like, okay, I need more. I want more. I am just craving more involvement in other things. And I just, you know, I think everyone hits those points a couple of times in their career where they're just like, okay, where am I going? What's my trajectory? And, and what do I have that I feel like I just, I rock and I own. And um, so that's kind of how the conversation started. So it wasn't totally out of the blue. Jimmy just called me up. Um, I never wanted to leave him, but I was also like, I, I know I need more for my own self-fulfillment. Um, and that was kind of the path that, that we went down. So yes, it was definitely, it was a really quick process. He called me in January and um, by the middle of February, I had the business up and running. So it was, it was fast. Wow. That's amazing. So um, being on your own now, um, and, and not only 
doing all the social stuff you're doing, but being a business owner and having to worry about that kind of thing, um, has that all been self-taught? Like you've just had to learn on the go? 100%. I'm sure you can um, commiserate when it comes to like things like accounting <laughs> that I've never had to do before. You're like, I don't know this. Um, so luckily, I there have been some really amazing people that have kind of given me some advice and some guidance and kind of helped along the way. Um, and so that's been awesome. But yeah, it's completely self-taught. Um, luckily, I, I'm so passionate about what I do and I'm so passionate about the clients that I have and the work that I'm doing with them that that kind of keeps me going. Um, but yeah, as far as running a business, it definitely was n- never something that I had seen in my future. So I, w- I it's not something I studied. It's not something I knew a lot about. So I was just learning as I go. Yeah. So it's not like you have to go to school and get the degree to learn how to run a small business or something like that. If you have the passion and you have the the drive to do it, that stuff can sort of make up for it, it sounds like. 100%. I mean, I think um, I think finding good people who can give you some advice and can help you along the way, um, I think that's really important. I think if I didn't have the support system that I have with my husband, John Edwards, who works with Jeff, and um, – John Lewinston and kind of those people who really give me some support and advice, I would have been lost. Um, So I think that, and then a little bit trial by error. I mean, there are decisions I make and I look back and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know that I should have made that decision, but at the time I made the decision based on the facts that I had. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, the, the most important thing is that all of my clients are really happy and they are. Um, So that matters the most to me. And, and it's something that I'm like, okay, well, you know, the other stuff, we'll figure it out. It, it, you know, I'm not the only person that started a small business, but I want to be the best in my space in this small business because that's the only way I'm going to grow. Yeah. So let's say somebody's listening to this and they're like, wow, that's a really cool job. You know, I'm good at social media or I feel, I feel like I could help people with social media. Um, where would they start? Like, wh- wh- what path would you recommend that they go down? So... It's crazy because the social media world has changed so much in the past five to eight years. I mean, there didn't used to be jobs for social media really 10 years ago, and now there's tons. So I would say I actually really recommend um, a lot of college students and whatnot. I'm I'm still really involved with the William & Mary alumni system and still work with students there. Um, And I tell people that are looking to get into sports – Working for agencies is great. There are so many agencies in our sport, um, and the great thing with agencies is that you you get to experience a lot. So typically when you're working on an account, you'll have your specific role, but you can always help out other, other people on the account. Um, so I think that that's really beneficial, and you learn so much. Um, I also think, you know, with, with the way that teams are growing and the way that teams are managing social media, those are positions that are opening up more frequently than we've ever seen before. And I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, I would say the best thing to do is personally, even beyond like where to start is to become really well-rounded, which I'm sure you can agree with. Um, social media is not just you know, I think I excel in the strategy side of things and kind of how you best take the content that you have and distribute it. But that doesn't mean that I can't not be good at capturing content. So taking photos, taking videos, editing videos, doing graphics, things like that. Yes, that's not my strong point, but it's something I've really worked to teach myself so that I'm well-rounded for whatever need a client may have. Interesting. So, um, a couple times on on these How I Got Here podcasts, people have mentioned agencies, and 
Um, hopefully you'd be willing to answer this question. This is obviously a really basic question, but for people that don't know, they, they might not be familiar with an agency. Um, can you explain what agencies are and what they do for somebody that has no idea about marketing or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so agencies are, like I said, a fantastic way to get in the sport because basically what they do is they work with a lot of the brands that are in our sport and do a lot of the brand activation. So, you know, there are some major brands that want to get involved in NASCAR and want to be a part of it, but there's really not anyone on their business team and their marketing team that knows intimate details about our sport. Um, so it's easier for them to go hire an agency that has a ton of that knowledge and can really help them get the most out of their sponsorship dollars. So there's, I mean, there's small agencies, there's large agencies. Um, it kind of runs the gamut, but they're they're really, really valuable because it's a lot of people that are super knowledgeable about the sport and can help the brands who want to be involved but may not know anything about it. Yeah, so if somebody's listening, you know, it doesn't, like Lauren's saying, you don't have to necessarily work for a team directly because so many of these agencies have various clients and some of the bigger agencies have tons of sponsors in the sport and you can sort of, like you did, hop from DLP to Sprint mm-hmm. and get all these different opportunities. Now, your agency now is social media specific. Yes. So somebody could hire you looking, they're like, okay, we need to, we we have a weakness here or we need to pick this up and you you would help them with that strategy or guide them in that way, right? Absolutely, yeah. So so a lot of the bigger agencies do tend to have every business, part of the business in NASCAR that you can imagine. So they do everything from displays to signage to activation to hosting and all of that. For me, my agency is much more focused on kind of the social and digital side of things. So anything related to your online presence is kind of where I would fall. And then there are some other agencies that are more focused on just display units and agencies that are just focused on hosting and things like that. Um, So it all kind of depends on where your personal interests lie. Um, But that's, I always recommend people kind start out an agency I also think it's really important in our sport for people to understand the brand side of things and the sponsor side of things before maybe going to a team or working for NASCAR doing some of the role in the sport Um, because as we all know our sport is so heavily sponsor driven and it's such an important part of our sport that I think really intimately understanding that is important before taking on other roles so um, I'll wrap up by asking you where, where do you go from here I mean you've already uh, accomplished a lot and come very far and made a name for yourself in the sport, where, where do you see it going? Um, well, that's a <laughs> that kind of changes a little bit day by day um, as my business continues to grow. For me, I would like to really grow into a smaller agency um, that really focuses heavily on the social and digital side of things. I don't foresee this growing into uh, a kind of a, a one-stop shop um, agency side of things, but continuing to sign more drivers. I think for me, I look at a lot of the athletes in our sport and I can you know, do a lot of research on athletes and other sports and just you know, media personalities, celebrities, and I think we do an awesome job in so many ways and then there are other things we fall short on um and that's true of any sport but for me that's what i'm passionate about is saying like okay let's let's get you know a lot of our drivers up to speed and let's you know let's help them be the best that they can be because these guys are cool and they're fun and they're awesome and we don't always see that on social um and i think that that's really a passion for me so continuing to kind of sign drivers work with sponsors in the sport work with you know a lot of our a lot of industry members um, and continue to grow into a 
a well-respected small agency. That's really cool. Well, very impressive what you've done so far. Congrats on all your success, and thank you for joining us. Thank you. This is great. All right, everybody. So there you have it. Appreciate Lauren's time. And that was sort of a hybrid of a how I got here and a social spotlight. If you listen to the podcast last year, I did a series of interviews called The Social Spotlight where I asked people about social media each week. So that was sort of a combo there, and it was fun to talk with her about both her success and social media in general. Speaking of success, I've had some success giving out the link jeffgluck.com slash Amazon where you can go before you start your Amazon shopping. I know Amazon has been in the news lately, but if you're still doing your shopping there, please go to the link jeffgluck.com slash Amazon before you start shopping because then I could get some credit for that and it could benefit my website and this podcast. In fact, I've bought these podcast microphones from people's purchases there. So I really appreciate you doing that because it helps me uh, get some supplies from business stuff to everyday stuff at home and saves me some money, helps me spend more of my Patreon money on the travel itself. So that's much appreciated if you go to jeffgluck.com slash Amazon. So now I'm off to Texas Motor Speedway where I'm going to be doing a post-race podcast after Sunday's race. The weather looks good there. So hopefully I will actually be doing it at the track and not in O'Hare Airport. Although I appreciate Jason re-helping me in the last episode of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast post-race edition. Uh, We did that during a layover at O'Hare after Martinsville got rained out. So that was actually a lot of fun. And then Tuesday will be another edition of the 12 Questions. Not sure who the driver for that will be yet. And I also don't know who the next How I Got Here will be. But if you have any suggestions, please feel free to tweet me at Jeff underscore Gluck anytime. Always looking for some ideas. And several of the people here, including Lauren Edwards, have been nominated by others. So it's really good to get those perspectives. Anyway, I appreciate you so much for listening to my podcast. The podcasts are very crowded space these days and getting more crowded in the NASCAR world. So thanks for sticking with this one. Please know I'm very grateful for that. And until next time, talk to you later on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.